Today on Crossroads in Culture, I'm going to be talking about what took place on Tuesday in Montana, where they basically became another state that's sanctioning the sacrifice of children. I'm going to talk about that today on Crossroads in Culture. Hey, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Crossroads in Culture, where life, ministry, and culture meet. You know, today's podcast is a little heavy. It's it's resting heavy on me right now, this sense of really righteous indignation, not because I'm righteous. The only righteousness we have as followers of Jesus is his righteousness. But man, the things that break God's heart should break our heart. And what has taken place in Montana on Tuesday Uh, where the voters there in that state voted to reject a ballot initiative that would have made law uh, for doctors to administer life-giving care to born-alive infants. The voters in Montana rejected this. And I know what some people are saying because it's a, quote, pro-life issue that, oh, this is politics. This is not politics. This is biblical. And I'm, I'm really tired of people turning what is biblical into something that's political to justify not talking about it or not following what God's word has to say about it. This is a biblical issue. And, and there's a sense of righteous anger that just stirs, is stirring up in me because I believe God is righteously angry about this. The, the taking of life, the taking of an innocent life. And we can look in scripture and see how God does view this. As a matter of fact, in Leviticus chapter 20, verses 2 through 5, listen to what God's word says. He says, say to the people of Israel, any one of the people of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who gives any of his children to Molech. Now, Molech was the, the idol that the Ammonites and the Canaanites, the Hittites, and and other uh, people in that region, they worshipped. It was an idol. They would literally take their children to this idol that was a statue, had like an, an opening within the belly of the statue, and they would present their children in a fire as a sacrifice to Molech uh, for thinking that they were going to have fortune as a family or the children that they did have, their future would be blessed. So, The text goes on to say that anyone who gives any of his children to Molech shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself, and this is God talking, will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given one of his children to Molech to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do at all close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Molech and do not put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, him and all who follow him in whoring after Molech. That's Leviticus chapter 20 verses 2 through 5. So it wasn't just for the, the those who sacrificed their children, but he also said, and the people around them who close their eyes to this when this person gives one of his children to Molech, if you don't put this guy to death, then I'm going to set my face against you as well. It reminds me of what the New Testament says in Romans when it says that that there were those who gave hearty approval to sin in Romans chapter 1. Even though that they may not have done these things, um, they have approved of this by watching it and agreeing with it, even though they may not have partake, uh, took part in it, 
they're giving hearty approval to this. And you may say, you know what? I would never abort my child. And, and I really don't, don't necessarily agree with this, but you know, it's, it's somebody's right to be able to do this. If you profess to be a follower of Jesus and you read God's word and you believe God's word, and maybe that's where the issue is, when you read this and you hear this, God says he's going to hold accountable those who stand idly by and let this happen without seeking to do something about it. It goes on in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31. God's word says this, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way for every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done for their gods, for they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 20 and 21 say this, and you took your sons and your daughters whom you had borne to me and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whoring so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? I mean, th- these, are, these are not ambiguous words. God's word is very clear what he thinks about children, what he thinks about life, and those who have a very um, twisted, evil view and perspective regarding life and the sanctity of life. The reason I'm, I'm sharing this is because, as I mentioned just briefly, this last Tuesday, voters in Montana went to the polls, and there was a referendum. There was a legislative referendum called LR-131 uh, that was a ballot initiative that would have lawfully required doctors to give life-saving medical care to infants, including those infants that survived, failed, or botched abortions. Now, when you read this on the surface, and you, you think... This is a no-brainer. Why wouldn't a doctor give life-saving medical care to a child, an infant, that is born alive, and for those infants who are born alive that have survived failed abortions? Why would, why would you not want this? Yet on Tuesday of this week, voters in Montana rejected this referendum. And I'm going to read to you specifically what the referendum says uh, and what they rejected. So it's just a, it's a little lengthy, but but I think it's worth you hearing. Here's what it says. This is LR131. You can look this up online. And it says this. This act legally protects born alive infants by imposing criminal penalties on health care providers who do not act to preserve the life of such infants, including infants born during an attempted abortion. A born alive infant is entitled to medically appropriate care and treatment. A healthcare provider shall take medically appropriate and reasonable actions to preserve the life and health of a born alive infant. A born alive infant means, which by the way, this defining what a born alive infant means, having to do that, that should boggle our minds as well, that we have to define terms in such a degree that we should already know. But I digress. It goes on. It says a born alive, a born alive infant means an infant who breathes, has a beating heart or has definite movement of voluntary muscles after the complete expulsion or extraction from the mother. A healthcare provider found guilty of failing to take medically appropriate and reasonable actions to preserve a born alive infant's life under this act faces punishment of a fine up to $50,000 or imprisonment up to 20 years or both. Now that, again, reading this legislation, why wouldn't anyone, any person 
who has any sense of decency or any understanding of the value of life, why, would, why wouldn't you vote for this? But the logic is so twisted. There's no common sense in this. And there's so many things I, I see that we look at a government right now that wants to mandate people to get the, get the shot for COVID. And, and I've got another podcast on, would Jesus want us to get the, the COVID vaccine? You can go and listen to that if you want to. And so I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to d- debate or discuss the, the effectiveness of that necessarily. But this, the government wanted to mandate people, even to the point of people losing their jobs because they did not choose to get the shot for COVID. But a government wanted to mandate people to get the shot for COVID, even though experts, the experts said, and I'm putting experts in quote, by the way, that they said it was never tested on preventing transmissions, yet they won't mandate doctors who took the Hippocratic oath to do no harm to refrain from administering life-saving care for born alive infants. That's just evil. And so what I would say is that, yes, Molech is alive and well in Montana. And it's not just Montana, it's other places as well. It just so happens to believe that Montana voted to reject this thing that just doesn't even make sense why you wouldn't want this to be true in your state, that you would give care to someone like this. I mean, how, how desensitized have we become to this? So yes, Moloch is alive and well in Montana. So, so it kind of makes me think that of in our culture, we're like this frog. You've heard this illustration more than likely before. Uh, it was a book, actually. That we're like the frog in the kettle that doesn't even realize that the water that it's soaking in has been increasing incrementally in temperature towards a boiling point. And that's what's been happening in our culture. It's that we continue, the heat continues to turn up to the point that it's, going, that it's destructive, And so just as the frog's body has adapted or adapts to the rising water temperature, it never realizes that it's headed for a boiling death. And that is is where we have been. We're like the frog in the kettle and culture keeps changing and, and, and it's leading us to a slow death. And we are at boiling right now. And we need to wake up and realize that we're about to meet a destructive end. I mean, this... This distorted view of the sanctity of life always leads to a destructive end to life. But, but that makes sense, right, because of our enemy. It, it, it makes sense that our enemy, the devil, it seeks to twist the truth that as humans, we are created in the image of God. You see, we're image bearers of God, every single one, single one of us. You, you may not be a child of God, which means that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and, and, and you are his, but every single human is an image bearer of God. We have been created in the image of God. But, but, but the devil seeks to twist the truth about that. I mean, how clever is the enemy to replace our affections for God and a right view of uh, uh, how, how we are created in the image of God with a distorted view and, and an order of life and its value. I mean, you, you've, you've probably seen you've probably seen video footage of, of things like like people who have endured harsh conditions. I mean, taking off jackets and shirts or whatever and freezing temperatures to go save a deer from a drowning, you know, frozen lake. Or, or maybe you've seen commercials of animals who've been abandoned um, or, or treated cruelly by by their owners, and you've heard about campaigns to save endangered animals, maybe of which you've never even heard. And I would simply say to you that we should be good stewards of animals. We should take care of them. We shouldn't treat them cruelly. I, I'm absolutely for 
dealing with those who treat animals cruelly. I think we should take care of all that God's given us. We're stewards of this. We go back to Genesis and we see this. But yet when it comes to human life, preborn or otherwise, a person who's an image bearer of God, it's of no consequence, it seems. I mean, we care more about saving the spotted owl or, or some kind of fish up in the Northwest or in Alaska or, or some kind of tree or, 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 or saving whales or whatever, whatever over fighting for the right to life. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's twisted. It's warped. It's evil. And that's just like the enemy likes it. I mean, again, how like the devil, our adversary, to convince humanity to destroy image bearers of the living God and turn our affections to idols. And that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. He's wanting to destroy image bearers of God because he hates God. And so he uses those who are image bearers of God to destroy the very thing God has created to reflect his glory. And, and and I just, I just don't, I don't get it. And what I don't get even more are those who profess to be followers of Jesus, yet they still try to build a case that being pro-choice, and what I mean by pro-choice, again, here are the definitions, that a woman has the right to choose of whether or not to take the life of this preborn child. And now for the people of Montana, giving doctors the the ability to not give life-saving care to a born-alive infant and even those born-alive infants that have survived a botched abortion. It, I, I, can't, I can't wrap my mind around how if you profess to be a follower of Jesus, how you can accept that worldview and not just accept it, but propagate it. I've yet, in the times that I've talked about abortion and the sanctity of life and being pro-life, I've yet to have one person, I've had people comment and respond to me, but I've yet to have anybody give a, give a convincing argument from a biblical perspective where you can present a biblical case for why, why God might say it is okay to kill a preborn child. It's okay not to give life-saving care to a born-alive infant. Outside the womb of a mother, it's okay not to give care to that child. There is not one person yet that has presented a case biblically. I'm not talking about your opinion because the truth doesn't hinge on our opinions, regardless if you believe in God or not. Because there will come a day where you realize that there is such thing as truth, and it's not your truth. It's God's truth. And we all will give an account for that. So but what I, so I would say is this. If you are a person who professes to follow Jesus Christ, and yet you hold to supporting and advocating the unbiblical worldview of murdering the life of a preborn child, be it in the womb, or as in this case, again, Montana denying an, a born-alive infant life-giving care that's needed, then you should not only be ashamed, but with as much grace as I can speak truth, you need to turn to Christ and repent. And to not do so, I, I believe when I look at Scripture, to not do so calls into question the biblical teaching of true salvation. I do not believe a true follower of Christ can be for that which God's word speaks against so clearly. And again, you know, I welcome your comments. But I would say with your comments, give supporting biblical truth, specifically if you profess to be a follower of Jesus. I would expect it from someone who's not a follower of Christ. I get that. 
But from someone who professes to be a Christian, a true believer in Christ, then show me what Scripture says. And don't make your argument out of silence. It's dangerous to make an argument out of silence. God's Word is not silent on this. And for those who profess to be followers of Christ, your true followers of Jesus, then support your local and national pregnancy resource centers whose mission is to help women who are facing unplanned pregnancies and, and help them choose life. Walk with them through this. Love them. Show them compassion. They're going through difficult moments. There, there are perhaps those who are listening to this, ladies who have experienced abortion. And what I would say to you, and if you had an abortion, I would say to you that you don't have to carry that shame or that guilt around anymore. There's freedom in Christ and he offers forgiveness and the enemy will try to use that against you. And I would say that he is, God is so compassionate and loving and he wants to extend his forgiveness to you. And he wants to continue to care for you. So don't let the enemy let shame and guilt hold you down in that. But for those women who are facing unplanned pregnancies, man, there are these pregnancy resource centers who want to walk with you to help you see what it means to choose life for your preborn child. But also minister to families and the husbands or the boyfriends that are involved with this. But as believers, we should come around them. And we should come around these pregnancy resource centers. I, I think about the one where we have locally, Life Choices, here in Conway. And they're in other places as well. And their mission to help these women and families. But also Save the Storks, a national ministry organization who do an incredible work with women who are facing these unplanned pregnancies and the decisions, the stork buses in different places around this, this country. I want to encourage you to do what you can to support them. Advocate for them. Give financially to them. And then a couple of other things. I just want to encourage my brothers who are pastors, those who are pastoring, those who are, who are leading, spiritual leaders within the church, to preach the truth about God's design regarding the beauty and the sanctity of life. This is not a political issue. It is biblical. And as pastors, we should unashamedly preach and proclaim God's word, not just a text out of context, but the whole counsel of God's word as it relates to life, as it relates to the gospel, as it relates to living lives as believers in Christ. Unless some of you say, oh, here we go with Christian nationalism. This has nothing to do with Christian nationalism. This is, has everything to do with being a follower of Jesus who holds true to the word of God. And so to my pastor friends and brothers, I want to encourage you to preach the truth. Don't waver on what God has said is true. Preach it with much grace, with much love, with much compassion, but with truth. Preach it. Don't shy away from it. And then lastly, I would say this, is that we need to be praying for not only the people of Montana, because I know there are some who are there who are grieving this, there are others who are celebrating and rejoicing the fact that, that this law was rejected. God have mercy on them. But we need to pray not only for the people of Montana, but for the women and families that this impacts. And for doctors to do what is right uh, and medically ethical for the sake of these infants. And my hope and my prayer is that somewhere in the midst of all of this, that God would be glorified. I believe that he will. And I pray that, that even things like this will awaken the body of Christ.
to see that we must unashamedly proclaim the truth. We must show love and compassion, but we must stand on the truth. So I hope that you will join me and others in praying for Montana, praying for for pastors to preach the truth of God's word, praying for us as the body of Christ to be unified on the things of God and the things that God cares about that we would care about, the things that break and grieve God's heart, that it would break and grieve our hearts as well. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to you joining me next time on Crossroads in Culture.